HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Union Beer Distributors, suppliers of world-class ales and lagers. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 this is Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's February 10th, 2015. This is our New York City Beer Week preview. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Thanks to our sponsors, Union Beer Distributors, supplier of world-class ales and lagers. All right, Dave Roderick, back in town from Vermont. How are you, buddy? Good, man. How you doing, Jimmy? And we got uh, Dan McLaughlin from the Pony Bar. Jimmy, how you doing? And you just opened a new place? That's right, yeah. Kiavaka Serious Beer and Brook Oven Pizza. And Anthony from uh, Transmitter. How are you? On the way over, I talked to Kelly, Kelly Taylor, uh, and he said, who's on your show? And I said, well, you know, you got Dave Broderick and Dan McLaughlin and Transmitter. He said, which one, Rob or Anthony? And I said, Transmitter. So <laughs> I guess you have a good identity. But it's kind of fun to have you in the, in the house because, you know, we've all been working hard on New York City Beer Week. And, you know, for many years, it's, it's been an important part of a beer. But, you know, it, it's a different reality now. I mean, there's, what, over 20 breweries or some type of licensed breweries in New York, in New York City. Um, and there's a lot of really great beer bars, and uh, you know it's 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 pretty cool, right? There's a lot going on. So cheers, cheers to you guys. Yeah, so Dave, cheers. you know you are. Uh, I want to just put in a plug for the, the some of the beer week events. Um, one of my favorite things is it's opening night tap. The idea is to go to your your favorite beer bar, in our case the Good Beer Seal bars, and 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 have a toast at seven o'clock on Friday, February twentieth. I, I think that's a pretty cool idea. I'll be toasting you from the Worthy Burger in Vermont. <laughs> you can be satellite. <laughs> I'm members. coming down on Monday. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be. Uh, we have two events: one at Kiabaka, one at Pony Hills Kitchen. So I'll be going back and forth. Luckily, they're side by side, so it's a short commute. But I mean, it, is is that sound exciting to you? Is everyone going to different bars and kicking off with a toast. Yeah, I think it's great. I think uh, obviously, New York City can certainly support it with all the people here that are into this. I think it's cool and, too. And plus, it, it, I, I think there were always a lot of. Um, complaints in the past about new york city beer week and how it sort of took you know business away from the bars and so i think it's a it's a great way to sort of shift that back to where it needs to be well cheers let's make our toast now cheers Cheers, to new york city beer week and um one of our favorite events the new york city brewer's choice dave you worked on it with not one of our favorite our our favorite event (laughs) we worked on it for a long time and this year it's moved to uh right next door to kelso greenpoint beer works uh on uh Sanders Studio, 525 Waverly Ave and, and Clinton Hill. February 24th, there's still tickets, uh, NewYorkCityBrewersChoice.com. Um, you know, you worked on it for so many years with me, Dave. What, what were some of the highlights for you in the past of that event? I mean, last year was great because all of a sudden it was just the, – the, fir- the first year I started working on it was a lot of out-of-state breweries, and it just kept shifting more and more New York-oriented. And then last year it was just incredible. I mean, first of all, the, y- the, the White Hotel was a pretty cool location. I felt kind of hip, like I was getting somewhere, and uh, but it like just amazing. You know, it was just great to see New York City breweries just making such great stuff where that was the focus, um, instead of maybe breweries from away. So uh, uh, this year's list is even more in that direction, which I think is great. 
I know, Anthony, I know you, you guys are with Transmitter, you're going to be there. Absolutely. Um, there's yeah. a couple special projects going on with New York City Brewers Choice. One of them is the Smash Beers that you, so, you're part of. Yep. We all got together and chose three grains and three, um, three, three hops, and uh, everyone brewed to their own formulation. And um, so I think there'll be, you know, 15 or 18 people participating in that. So what does Smash Brewery stand for? Smash. Uh, Smash originally is single single malt and single hop, and uh, it's been twisted to state malt, state hop. So we used all New York State ingredients, and um, should be exciting. I mean, we're drinking that our version of that now, saison uh, 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 yeast, um, and uh, you know it's got a nice rustic graininess to it from the Valley malts that we used. So what, what malts and hops did you guys pick? So this has uh, Valley Pale, Pale Ale Malt, uh, Danko Rye from their catalog, and uh, Vienna. And then the hops were uh, Chinook, uh, New York State Cascade, as well as uh, Willamette. So Andrea from Valley Malt is getting grains from New York State and, and malting them? Is that, oh, cool. Yep. Great. Yeah. Wow. I guess they're I guess they're officially malted in Massachusetts, but the right. grain is New York State. New York State grain. Yep. Cool. Well, I think it's a great initiative. I remember, we're, we're going to talk about it on our, on our show next week for February seventeenth. But and Kelly Taylor will be on from uh, Kelso. But yeah, I mean, last year just this what was it? Roy NYC had the Regional Grains Project, and they right. approached us and said, "Why don't you guys feature uh, some New York malts in uh, in the event?" And last year we got I think twenty breweries uh, from the state and a few of them from outside of the state. They made a beer with 30% New York State grain. That was a great experience. No, it was great. I mean, uh, it, and uh, I think we had Jeff O'Neill on the show and it, it, with Andrea from uh, Valley Malt. And, and uh, they were going sort of back and forth. And it was just, yeah, it was great to see um, the grain side of the equation, like coming into the, not just the hops, but the grain side coming into the conversation. What's cool that everybody wants to be involved in it. The new breweries like Finback and... You know, Bridge and Tunnel, Transmitter, and, and Other Half, and, you know, Peekskill, and guys from way upstate, like Crossroads is coming down, Empire. Dave Cataleski always steps up. So always. It's, it's, it's probably, it's still my favorite, it's my favorite beer event. Get out there. There's a lot of food. There's raw bar. You know, there, there's there's cheese and, and, and chef dishes and pork. and I mean, it's really one of the, it's one of those great kind of beer and food. It's still my, I mean, not, not just because we're involved with it, but I mean, it's, it's definitely, I think, my favorite event. Because it, it goes back to the old days of... Of having a brewer or an owner pour, and uh, so you have that interaction um, between you know the, the people that are drinking the beer and the people that are making the beer. So, and you know, uh, we went out of state too for the keynote speaker this year. So Mike Hinckley from Green Flash, he's he's flying in for the event, and you're doing something with him too, aren't you? And so, well, the day before, but I don't know, I like it was news to me that Green Flash bought Alpine. Okay, so Alpine's like I I don't like to say favorites, but it's definitely one of my favorite West Coast breweries. And uh, I, I did. I had no idea that he did, and I can't wait. I'm not coming in until Monday. I, there probably won't be any left, but I'm dying to try Alpine here on the East Coast. Have you had some? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's outstanding. From, from made uh, at Green Flash? Yeah, there's a guy who has a pied-a-terre in our building in Hell's Kitchen who lives in San Diego, and he brings a case of bombers uh, like once oh, a month. I so, love their beers. So my some of my bartenders are really spoiled. Oh my gosh! I, anyway, I can't. So that's huge. And I, it, are they going to be in the uh, in Brewers Choice? Yeah, there'll be some guests out of state brewers. We have okay. even Allagash is coming down, Green Good. Flash, and a few from New England. And actually, the ones from New England, White Birch and New Hampshire, Wandering Star, Massachusetts, they're actually making beers with New York State grains too. So, cheers, nice. to the, oh, cheers to New York City Brewers Choice. I wanted to cheers. put that plug in because it, it really is, it ex- to us ex- expresses what we do on Beer Sessions Radio. Great people like Dave Broderick, Ray Dieter, you know, we've all been part of this. And um, I'm just really proud that, that it's our event. So, bottoms up. And uh, now we can talk about other stuff. <laughs> but the, the list, I mean, it's, it's kind of a fun idea. I mean, for, for you guys as a brewer, Anthony, to get a challenge, you know, to say, I mean, Tell us about that challenge because it's, um, it's small batch. You, you never worked with these grains before. It was, uh, you know, it was fun to formulate. Um, uh, you know, it was hard to figure out what where we wanted to head with it. Um, on top of the challenge of um, of figuring out what you want to do with it, we upgraded our system, and this is our first beer on that system. And everything we do is bottle conditioned or keg conditioned. So we have a so we had we needed to do it. We needed to make it happen in a pretty timely way to give it the 
eight weeks that we like to sit on the beers before they're released. Um, so it, it came together in a in perfect way. Um, the labeling is difficult for us, and we were able to get that sort of through um, uh, in terms of uh, getting a label on the bottle. Well, tell and us how yeah, Anthony, I wanted yeah. to ask you that because, I mean, if you, you've done 52 beers, 52 different beers in nine months, how do you do that labeling? I mean, that's like um, a lot of back and forth with the TTB. and We... Um, you know, we have a pretty special relationship with Battle, um, and uh, at this point, we know what we know. We have a lot of words on the label, so there is a lot of scrutiny involved um, because language is important to getting that through. Um, we know what we can say and what we can't at this point, um, and uh, and then it's just um, my partner Rob is an art director, so. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't design labels. That's Jeff Rogers. But we can finagle them and twist them and work the work the graphics and um, submit them. And when there's a problem, we can fix it that day and get them back resubmitted. Um, it's a it's a complicated dance for sure. Um, probably one of the harder parts of being the small brewery and handling all that handling that ourselves and not having a flagship and 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 being committed to rotating. Yeah. Um, different things. I mean, it's it's where we're it's our identity now. Um, we do rebrew beers. I don't mean to say that where that everything's a one off, but um, we don't rebrew them on a schedule. Um, it keeps it interesting. Um, we're definitely having fun, um, which I, which is it's, it's one it is one of the funnest parts of being a bar owner now, and I, I would say a consumer is to to get to taste all the new the new breweries that are coming up. I mean, how are you doing it? You're, you're at Pony Bar. You know, and how do you rotate your, your kegs through? And you've got you know, there's so there, guys. there's so much product in the market right now that uh, you know beers we used to pour a lot of in 2009, 2010 have sort of fallen by the wayside of, as new breweries have come on come online, especially local stuff like Finback and other half, and um, you know Three's Brewing. So we only have 20 lines. It's the same 20 lines we've had for almost six years, and there's certain brands that have just sort of sort of fallen off that you just don't really get to as much anymore you know we're trying to be a little bit more local you know we're still american only and we're still draft only but there's only so much you can do you know like the best part of the most fun in my job is being the buyer and uh, i love being able to put my thumbprint my fingerprint on the draft list it's one of the you know the best things about the job i think is being the buyer it is a good job let's toast everybody this is like the toasting day you know, I think getting the taster is a good job too. I don't know. <laughs> and Dave, you know, rounded out your, you got some new projects going on too. First, you're coming down f- from Vermont for New York City Brewers Choice. Yes. And, and what you're bringing like a whole family of. Food yeah, I mean, and not. And, I, I want. Yeah, I wanted to bring more, but it's just so hard to get. It's you know, Vermont Brewers is like definitely herding cats. So, um, and it's a big deal for them to come down to New York City. It's it's expensive and. And uh, but Chad Rich from Prohibition Pig is coming down, and he's bringing uh, two of his newest beers. He just um, became legal. To, he's been brewing um, on a one barrel on Sean Lawson's old one barrel system. In the he's in the old Alchemist brew space, uh, brew pub space. So he's been brewing there, but now he's got a seven barrel, and uh, he's got a great brewer, Nate Johnson, and making really cool stuff. So he's uh, he's coming to Brewer's Choice, which is great. Uh, he was there last year with his the first beer that they ever made on the little one barrel, and uh, but now everything he's bringing he's bringing a double IPA and a vanilla bean porter uh, from the new system. So uh, I've I've been up to the new brewery. It looks awesome. He, he's Chad's uh, he's amazing at at building stuff out and figuring things out. He does it all himself. He's always the contractor. Um, so uh, so yeah, we're looking forward to that. And then you, you're you making beer yourself, too, aren't you? And then, yes. I'm bringing down... Um, I've, I've got a little side project going with Dave Yarrington uh, from Smutty Nose and, uh, called Beanery Brewing. And uh, we're going to bring our coffee IPA and our coffee milk stout down. The coffee milk stout, it's, it's Vermont only right now, um, but we have signed with Union Beer in New York City, so it's legal. And uh, uh, we will be down here, I don't know, maybe May. Uh, so the beanery, what, what is it, like coffee and beer? It's coffee and beer, coffee beers only, um, really a focus on the beans, working with some really cool uh, coffee farms, 
that uh, bring some really cool uh, uh, flavor profiles to some of my favorite style beers and uh, beers that we think go well. The, the coffee IPA, super citrusy, 6% IPA. Um, and we found, uh, actually, the roaster that we've been working with, uh, uh, Claudia Barrett, um, up in uh, Bedford, New Hampshire, she found this great uh, coffee farm in, in uh, Costa Rica that does citrusy be- citrus-flavored beans if you roast them the right way. and So it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. It's just like, a, I don't know, it, I'm having. I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a great time doing it. I'm learning like a whole other side of the business uh, that I thought I knew but didn't really know. And uh, but also coffee, which I love. So, since you're up in Vermont, so what are the beers that everybody wants to get when they go to Worthy Burger? Well, <clears throat> you know, there's obviously Hill Farmstead, uh, Lawson, Sean Lawson, and Alchemist, which we can't legally sell. Uh, even in Vermont, where we are, they're only allowed in a couple of counties in the state to sell it. And uh, but actually, Foley Brothers now is super popular. Their Fair Maiden, their Double IPA, is hugely popular. Um, but basically, everyone that comes up there, they want something from Vermont. It's hard to sell beers um, that aren't from there. Sam Calzone came up to he does an annual fundraiser with us up there, and Vermont is the only state that dogfish is down because. Everybody wants to drink. They're all so hyper-local in Vermont that if it's not from there, they don't want it. Right. And they deserve to drink yeah, and local. I, and, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great beer available. And it's getting they're all expanding, so it's becoming even more available. Dave, do you think that that's, that's going to happen in New York City where people are going to just want to drink certain New York City breweries? I think there's certainly an opportunity there that uh, if you have 20 lines, you could donate, you know, give 10 to New York City. I think Vermont really pioneered the whole idea of beer tourism, of people going very specifically to one state or one city just for that local beer. You know, I think Vermont did it first, and all the stuff I've had from Vermont is amazing. I've never had a bad beer from Vermont in years. It's not great. New York. I you mean, haven't tried Beanery yet. <laughs> Actually, it's not from Vermont. It's from New Hampshire, so it's okay. Um, New York City has more and more breweries come online. There's guys like Transmitter and Threes and Other Half, and you know the, all these more. I think there's more and more breweries coming. You can certainly make the case that uh, beer drinking is going that way. The one thing in New York City that a lot of other places don't have is we have a very international market here. So beers like Corona and Heineken and Stella and Guinness are always going to be very popular. Because there's so many people living here from all over the planet. They don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So, I mean, you know, there's that as well. But Do you like butter? <laughs> Think about the foods you might get from somewhere else. I don't know. I mean, there's so many, there's so many ways for people to grow and then their food tastes. You know, and that's what I love about New York City. Is like, you know, when I first came here, would you know a difference in a butter? Would you know a difference in pizza? Would you know a difference in sausages or meat or something? You don't. And I think when you come here, if you're a student or you're starting to work, you know, wherever you're from, you I mean, maybe you're from Portland, Oregon, or somewhere. But for the most people, that, and it's also their budget. You know, you've been a student, you're drinking cheap beer or something else. So part of coming to New York City is you get a chance to like expand your palate, become an epicure. And, you know, after a few years, people want something new. They want their ramen. They want their really good craft beer. And uh, it's, I'm generalizing, but I think that's the case. Because right. I remember coming here. When I first was, like, 18, I, I, the only beer I ever drank I liked was Foster's, and I was in England, you know? But, um, I, you know, I think once you're exposed to it and it's around you, people are up for it. I don't think we have to even question that. But I wanted to ask you if you like butter. That's all. Well, that's the role of, brew, of a great beer bar, too, is to listen to what someone is asking for. And then moving them to something new and challenging. Like, that's what a great beer bar really is. Right. And this for. Yeah, and knowing what they can handle, you know, and like gradually getting them. Yeah, baby steps. Yeah, exactly. But you're totally right. That's that's our job. As a buyer and a publican, you know, we used to have a list at the Pony Bar. We used to have like a thing of what are people asking for that we're not carrying. The first year and a half or so, we had this list behind the bar, and it was always Russian River. Bells, fat tires, all the stuff you couldn't get. It's like, well, we, we're not selling it for the same reason nobody else is selling it in New York. We can't get it. But here's what we can, this is what we do have, and here's what we can get. Here's what's super local, and here's what's from California, and so on and so forth, you know? So. And what are they asking for now? Uh, again, stuff you can't get. They're asking for whatever you can't get. <laughs> that's, you know, such, that's such human from, nature, man. You yeah. want what you can't have. Whatever beer is not available is the best beer you're going to have. 
And which is unfortunate. So that's because we have bells now. Yeah, we have bells now. And I just, then, I just had some hop slam this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's always you have people looking for something bigger, like the shoots. Okay, we can't get that yet. Or New Belgium, we can't get that yet. There's the hyper local people that are looking for like Bissell Brothers out of Maine, which you can't get yet. Or you know, I mean, we took that list down a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I love that challenge. You know, they walk in and then you're like, "Well, this is what we have, and it's better than what you're looking for." Yeah, yeah. and you've probably never heard of it. And that's our job is to turn people on to what they've never heard, right? And, I mean, yeah, and and I think that now I notice, like, in in the talking to the people from uh, from you know uh, outside the United States that are coming in, tourists visiting. They want something local now, even them. And they're demand. They're like, well, you know, I'm like, oh, how about something from California? Like, no, no, I want to try something from New York. And so we're seeing that a lot more that people are asking for stuff from right around here. Like if they if they're traveling, you know, from London, wherever, they want to try something that they can't get um, anywhere else but here. Well, I think tonight the only place you can get. Uh- the transmitter beer is in the studio here at Heritage it's Radio Network. Absolutely. Which, is, which is another reason to come out here. Come out to Heritage Radio Network and uh, drink beer you can't get anywhere else. Hey, I think this bottle's like empty. Short break, and we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! Cool. Yeah. Break song is called Target Practice by Hard Bodies. This is Beer Sessions Radio. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're getting our groove down. We're drinking some special transmitter beers with Anthony and brewed in Long Island City, New York. We're talking about New York City Beer Week and our special event, New York City Brewer's Choice, on February 24th. What's so cool is that I love local beer, and I'm you know we're talking before Dan had a list of the short list of, of breweries that you couldn't get in New York, like Russian River or Bell's. And years ago, I said, you know, we eclipsed that, man. You come and ask him for, you know, I'm tired of people coming down with... I don't say tired, but the idea that you, you've got a hard-to-get beer that's not available in New York. Let's say what used to be a Russian River, maybe now it's a Hill Farmstead. And someone, someone gets that through a friend, and it changes hands, and, and, and it goes to the other friend, and it's in their shoe closet, and they bring it in one day. You know, it's great. It's a prize that they have that product. But first of all, you don't know how, long, how old that beer is and the conditions it's been traveled. Was it in someone's truck? trunk in the summer driving down from vermont so i've always felt like well i i, I never had an answer to you know we, we've we've had Al, the alchemist heady topper and i said you know what? we've got some great ipas here too we've got other half and we know that it's fresh and everything but i've never had an answer to you know oh that's the hill farmstead one of those many bottles you know it's great it's sour i finally did today anthony from transmitter you broke hill farmstead man so tell us about the first beer we had one more time because I'd re- I could say to someone, you know what? You're looking for that, that Hill Farmstead, whatever the names are. There's the Sarah's and Anthony's. And There's the list. <laughs> the list. I said, you know what? I don't need that in New York because I have transmitters. Special, what, 100% New York State beer. The NY1. And it's um, sour. It was nice, nice malt. It's super fresh. I mean, when did, when did you make and bottle this, that first beer? Uh, first beer was made on uh, January 7th, I think. So we bottled it uh, about three weeks after that. Um, it's just it's just carbonated now. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think it's going to get better in in a couple weeks. 
Um, but you must feel the same way, you know, Dan, where it's like, wow, it's like I know that this came from a brewery. I know it's super fresh, and I'm serving it in my bar, Pony Bar, and I can guarantee my customers that it's super fresh and good. And it hasn't been like on the black market, traded hands three times. Yeah, every you know, especially the local stuff here in New York. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the keg dating, the collar dating, some of these things were kegged the day before. Um, you know, we do a lot of stuff with other half. We do a lot of stuff with Barrier Brewing out on Long Island. Some of these beers are kegged literally that day or the day before, and they're super, super fresh. You know, they go right from their brewery into our walk-in box, and within a day or two on, on, on draft. Now, Dave, you've always been, you know, Blind Tiger and Worthy Burger and all that, you've always been so concerned about quality and freshness. I mean, you know all the brewers so well. Yeah, and it was funny. Like, I, uh, I got to see John Kimmick at The Alchemist uh in uh, December, right before Christmas, I went up to visit him. He like donated beer to, I didn't donate, but I bought some beer for uh, a fundraiser that we were doing. And uh, and he was actually saying that you should never drink heady. T- like he was kind of laughing at all the people. Like they rush up, you know, the beer gets delivered, and it's literally just out of the brewery. It's just come out of the bright tanks. And he's like, you really shouldn't drink that for another two weeks. It takes like two weeks for it to come together. And like all these people are like just dying to have it right away, and it's not. So we were actually, he's like, we need to do, it was 11 in the morning. He's like, we need to do a tasting right now. And so we tasted stuff from the summer to see how it was sort of, and it was, you know, he's got his canning line like totally dialed in now. So there's, you know, no oxygen in there or anything. And, and the stuff was really, I mean, it changed, but it was still really, really good. And, uh, but I just thought it was interesting. Like everybody, it's like, you know, the, the breweries are trying to get everything to the market as soon as they can. And then everybody just snaps up, and then they just drink it without, like, figuring out the best way to actually taste it, where it's at its best. But it probably still tastes better in Vermont, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's like when I – I remember, you know, with Pliny, uh, the elder, you know, Russian Rivers, their, their signature IPA. And, like, I, you know, I tried it in Philadelphia, and I was like, oh, that's, that's a good beer. And then I tried it at Toronado in San Francisco. I was like, oh, that's a really good beer. Mm. And then I had it at the brewery. And, like, all the floral stuff, it just, you know, that, that a lot of that stuff dissipates before, you know, unless you have it right where it's made, it's kind of hard, you know, hard to get, like, exactly the way the brewer intended it. Right. <clears throat> What's your take on all that, Anthony? Um, for us, uh, you know, we, we don't brew... We're not brewing overly hoppy beers, so and the bottle conditioning changes the changes the our take on beer. Um, we're kind of interested in the life of a beer and how it flows through flavor profiles. Well, often um, some of our beers are actually uh, fermented with a, a clean yeast, and then we bottle on uh, some funky yeast so that there's interest over time. Um, that it has sort of a lifespan and it'll be sort of a little bit hop forward um, or a little floral in the beginning of its life, but then turn funky over time. Um, so that as the hops sort of die off as a, as part of the important flavor profile of a beer, all of a sudden you'll get like some earthiness coming up. Um, so we're, we're interested in that temp in a temporal aspect of beer, if that makes sense. You guys just started less than a year ago. Yep, well, our anniversary will be uh, beginning of March. We sold, uh, we started selling beer in the beginning of April. So we're. Yeah. Did you start? I can't remember if you started just with large bottles or if you had kegs too. Uh, we started early. Um, we we did we do sixtals. Um, you know, our first system was three barrels, so we would do one third sixtals, two thirds bottles. So we were ending up with six sixtals, um, and. Uh, we held them. We were holding on to them to make sure we we're getting them right. Again, the keg conditioning is um, is difficult um, for sure as a technical as a technical feat in brewing, getting the carbonation right. Um, so, uh, in right now we have uh, we have four hundred sixtals headed our way. So all of a sudden, that's the next that's the next thing we're going to move to is making a lot more beer for beer bars. You know, for the for the on-premise market, we like that. What's this? What's this? Yeah, yeah. T- tell us about. <laughs> you tell me, oh. Dave. <laughs> tell about T two because we're uh, drinking that right now. It's so T two T is our is our triple, so to speak. So it's uh, this is about like eight point seven percent. We in 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 the brewery we call this uh, gnarly triple. We hopped it um, pretty heavily um, away from a standard um, 
sort of classic triple and used uh, West Coast hops in it. Um, sort of amped the hops up. Um, not not crazy, but there's definitely hop presence, some bitterness. Yeah, I, I really like. I mean, I, I love that <clears throat> that uh, triple yeast with these hops. It really works. Thanks. Um, where we're where we're finding it. This is the second. So this is the second iteration of this beer. The first one was a bit danker, and we wanted to sort of brighten it up um, a bit. Um, so I, I really this version I think is a little more refined and um, coming along nicely. It's got a great nose. I mean, it's got this you know sort of cool triple nose, but like there's something different about it. It's great, man. It's nice drinking fresh local beer, but good beer. And Dan, you know, at, at the, you're going to talk more about your new bar too. So yeah, I want to hear about this <laughs> restaurant <laughs> that you were crazy enough to open with two children. Yeah, <laughs> rest in my. In I thought I told you not to do food. <laughs> in our in our food. line of work, restaurant is a four letter word, <laughs> never to be spoken. So, you know, the totally. seven dirty words from George Carlin. There's eight dirty words. Restaurant being one of them. Uh, about three and a half years ago, I went to a wedding in Vermont, and I hung it's out. Always Vermont. <laughs> I paled around with this guy, Chad Rich, <laughs> and uh, went to uh, American Flatbread, the original one, I think, uh, with the zero gravity in Burlington. The whole pizza and beer concept uh, was really eye-opening. I mean, who doesn't love pizza? Who doesn't love great American beer? I mean, it's like the, the two staffs of life. It's like water and bread. So I spent a couple of years trying to sell my partner Pat on this idea. This, this, let's do this concept, this concept, this concept. And then um, a little over a year ago, we started, you know, formulating it uh, with you know from the name to the logo to the what, what we were doing. We're not doing flatbreads. We're doing twelve inch Neapolitan pies, uh, twenty drafts, uh, American only at this point. No package at this point, but we're doing cocktails on draft, made in house, and old homebrew kegs, thirty uh, corny kegs, and uh, all of our wine is on tap. Two reds, two whites, Moscato, and a, a rosé. We opened a month ago, and uh, it's a very simple menu, um, influenced by that same place in Burlington. One salad, one calzone, 14 signature house pies with fun names, and then you can make your own pie as well. You know, If you want a, if you want a pepperoni and mushroom pizza, you can certainly get one. And they're 12-inch Neapolitans. We're having a beer made for us by Barrier Brewing Company. It's a proprietary beer. It's a single hopped uh, Columbus hops. Um, it's a 6% IPA. It's called Neck Tattoo. And uh, we're not doing delivery. So if you you order, you know, either text or over the phone, when you come in to collect your pie, you get a complimentary nip of this beer. It's like while you wait. Nice. So it's a five-ounce pour, and it's a really crushable beer. Um, we're really happy with it. And it's near the original Pony Bar. It's on the other side of the wall. Because I don't That's like to commute. Near. I don't like to commute. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Kiabaka. Kiabaka. Yeah, Kiabaka. Serious From beer. From Star Wars. It's similar to Star Wars, but without it's the wars. Chewbacca. Yeah. Jimmy. Oh, Chewbacca. I hate to. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You're I close. It was Kubaka. You're yeah. close. Kiabaka is a type of wood that's uh, indigenous to the Caribbean, really specifically St. Croix. It's considered uh, like good fortune or good karma to have this wood in your house, provided you came to the wood ethically, either as a gift or as felled wood or as driftwood. And um, yeah, that's where the name comes from. Cool. Sounds like a great place. So I could hit Pony Bar. What time does Pony Bar open on Hell's Kitchen? Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Saturday and Sunday, 12 o'clock. What about Kiabaka? Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Saturday and Sunday, (laughs) 12 o'clock. Consistency is so important. (laughs) Do you know what time in the morning you have to get up to open by 3 (laughs) o'clock? Two kids in diapers? Yeah. You rock and, and your and, the, and your prep crew when you're actually doing a restaurant. Yeah, that yeah. Four letter word. I'll yeah. tell you, there's a lo- there's a lot of great places to go for uh, beer week in New York City. And I'll tell you this, I'm probably gonna hit Pony Bar in Kiabaka. I'm gonna hit Blind Tiger. We'll probably do a special show that week too. I think so. You know, maybe with Chad Rich and yes. uh, we'll be hanging out. Jimmy's number forty three. All the other good beer seal bars. So thanks for joining us. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. All right. like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the great beer test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app 
which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit greatbrewers.com today. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Sensual Spiritual Heritage Radio Network. I like these smooth, cool, smooth grooves, Jack. This is cool. I'm getting mellow. But uh, we are mellow. We, we went through two transmitters, and now uh, Dan from Pony Bar is like popping something new. What is this? Yeah, I've been sitting on this for a while. It's, uh, it's 2011. It's uh, Three Floyds, uh, Dark Lord. It's uh, <clears throat> aged on vanilla beans and brandy barrels. Um, so I guess it's about f- almost four years old. Or not quite. This is a wedding gift from my lieutenant, Henry Joseph, who runs the Pony Bar on the Upper East Side now. So a quick shout out to him. And it was a great wedding, by the way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You were there. I was there. Was that in Vermont, too? No, it was in Saratoga, which is sort of near Vermont. Yeah. It's very near Vermont, and, you know, we've sort of annexed it. Yeah. But, uh, you, Dan, tell us how you guys started. I remember, you, 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 where'd you work? Like in Saratoga or something? No, or I'm, Empire from, or I'm something? from upstate. I'm from outside of Syracuse. I worked at Empire Brewing Company for about four years. I opened their first brewery, a seven-barrel system for David Kadleski in 1994. And then we opened a 15-barrel system in Rochester, uh, Empire Brewing Company in 1997. While I was there, I met a <clears throat> young lady, and she said, I'm coming to New York. I said, well, I'll go too. And um, landed here in 98. Soon after, went to work for Brian Delaney and... Dave Broderick. You did work at the Blind Tiger. Yeah, the original, the old school. So I have my propers, you know. <laughs> and when did you open? When did you? But you, we we actually yeah. We, no, so this, this is this is how we found him. You guys though. are old school. He was doing. He was a he was a cocktail. He was a flare cocktail bartender at Blackbird. Yep. For Dale DeGroff, yep. which was the coolest bar. And I and I, I went and scouted him um, after I heard about him with my dad of all people and maybe a friend. And maybe a friend. Yes, I did. And uh, it was so much fun. And, and uh, Blood and Sand was Blood the cocktail sand. that you made me. <clears throat> and I was sold. I was like, yeah, we need this guy. After I explained all six drafts, uh, he asked for a Blood and Sand. I was like, what a jerk. <laughs> a different era. But so you really paid your dues. It's like, you know, there's these really competent, cool people like you, man. Very. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's been a phenomenal journey. And I'm just really fortunate to have been a part of it, to have been on it, you know. Yeah, sure it's been fun. Week. It's been fun. That's a lot of stuff. And Dave, you—I mean, your original Blind Tiger. There was a bar before that called River Run. Talk about going back to what? Yeah, nineties. That was. Uh, I started bartending there in eighty-seven, I think eighty-eight, and uh, right around there. And I think they they had six drafts at that time. And Anchorstein, Brooklyn, uh, Guinness, Bass, and and then all of a sudden we expanded to like eighteen. Um, a few le- few years later, and and uh, and they started something called the Great American <laughs> Beer Festival, uh, or it was like something similar to that, which they actually had to give up. Um, but we started getting all like Dock Street from Philadelphia. This, this is nineteen eighty nine, and uh, Harpoon was a new beer that had just started, and and so I, I really like learned a lot from that place. It was it was a great, and we had a great. Uh, uh, beverage manager Bill Beard, who actually now I've heard is is running a uh, wine store in New York City, so uh, down by the uh, Housen Street uh, Whole Foods. And w- when did you guys open the first Blind Tiger? Ninety six, the March fifteenth, Ides of March ninety six, and uh, yeah, that was I. Uh, Ray and and Dennis had opened up uh, about a year and a half before. And then Ginger Man opened up, I think, about two weeks after we did. So it was pretty early on. And, and everybody was like, oh, man, there can't be more than one beer bar in New York City. That's like, you guys are crazy. And uh, yeah. That was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it was the perfect time. We there? didn't know oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Um, so what, what did you do back then, since we're, since we're all old guys here? Uh, well, I, I, um, my day job is I own a custom photo lab. I print photographs for artists so that's what i was doing um i was homebrewing at the time so you know having all those i was in the east village so dba was right around the corner um uh blind tiger was literally direct i would live on 10th street so it was directly across town on the bus (laughs) and uh then ginger man opened and as long as you um ginger man was a you know that big huge bar i think i tasted rodenbach on tap for the first time there, which was, you know, an epiphany. 
um, in a way. Uh, I'd love Ginger Man on a Saturday afternoon that you'd have the whole place to yourself. Totally to yourself. Like, it was awesome. It you know, was the, awesome. During <laughs> the week, it was a zoo, but <laughs> right. like on the weekends, oh. Talk about the, the Ginger Man, the old the original Ginger Man, Bob Precious, the, the owner, founder. We've never had him on the show. Oh, and we've we got to get him on. Yeah. The, the first beer bar I ever went to in my entire <laughs> life was 1990, driving cross country and stopping in Houston, of all places. And uh, some f- local friend said, oh, you've got to check out this like really cool bar. Didn't say beer bar, just cool bar on the Rice campus. And it was called Ginger Man's. And it was his house. And you walk into the house. And like I saw 25 taps on the beer. I'm like, uh, on the wall. And I'm like, I didn't know there were 25 beers. And, uh, and the, the bartender just slides me the list, a mimeographed list. I think it was mimeographed at that point. Nice. And I looked at it and I'm like, I, I don't even know what to order. And she's like, I got you covered. And she gave me this beer and I tasted it. And I was like, holy smoke. And it was Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which I had never had. And it just. And, she, and I'm like, what is that? And she's like, hops. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it was, and it was a, that was my epiphany. In, and I'm like, this, we need this in New York City. It was incredible. And it was Bob Precious. And it wasn't too, too long ago, but cheers to everybody. Old men in the room celebrating uh, New York <laughs> Dan McLaughlin's like the oldest guy here. Yeah, He's almost, been like almost. working since he was like a teenager. Longer, actually, yeah, longer. <laughs> but there's a lot of great professionals in New York City. And first, you know, bar owners and and bartenders, and, and it's really been it's a great change too. But now with the breweries, you guys are really. Uh, I feel like there's going to be a great New York City Beer Week. What, what would you be doing if if you came to New York for Beer Week? Each one, pick an event and uh, tell me why you'd want to go to it. Dave, come on. No. Let's Anthony. Let's Anthony. Um, I mean, I think I, uh, I think Brewer's Choice is going to be a, a beautiful key event. You know, like having all the all that beer in one place, um, uh, fairly priced. Um, it's going to be it's going to be fun night. Um, it's going to be awesome. I'll tell you when I, I would go to also um, our friends who have been on the show. There are two uh, Master Cicerone candidates, and you know, there's only a handful of Master Cicerones in, in the whole country. But our buddies James Ty. And Brendan Woodcock, James is is a master now. No, they're they, they, well, they're oh. candidates. They've they've both taken it and haven't quite made it, but they're still working on it. And uh, they approached me, and they're doing a special event on Sunday, February twenty second. It's called Cicerone versus Cicerone, and there, there's there, there's five food pairing challenges. They've each picked one food. I think uh, Brendan picked uh, uh, scallops and bacon, and James picked like Brussels sprouts and turnips, and then. Our kitchen's going to pick two others and a surprise, and they're each going to have a pairing. It's going to be like an Iron Chef, but of, of beer pairing. And that, doesn't that sound awesome? I, I mean, want, this, these I are things. That. There's all these talented people in New York City, and you've got to kind of sniff around all these events because I know other half's doing something at, at Italy, Birria. Like, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff. You just have to go through the New York City Beer Week and, like, sniff through all those I mean, what are you guys doing at Pony Bar? You must have, like, a cool thing happening. Pony Bar, yeah, we're doing a couple different things. Uh, our thing for the last six years is we only pour beer brewed in New York State. and we all, That's all we've ever done. Pony Bar Upper East Side, only beer brewed in New York State this year again. Moving forward next year, we might just, you know, over this 10-day event, I think it is, or seven days, whatever it is, go down to only serving beer made in New York City. That's something we've been talking about. Um, but for the, this year, the two ponies, it's up only New York State. Um Kiyabaka has an event with Captain Lawrence, Peak Skill, Barrier, and Empire. We're doing each brewery owner is making their own pizza. Oh, that's awesome. So we're doing a couple lines, two or three lines from each brewery, and then we're pairing with a pizza from Scott Vicar from Captain Lawrence, Jeff O'Neill from Peak Skill, so on and so forth. David Kadlaski for Empire. Um, that's a Kiyabaka at Pony. We're doing uh, an event with a small, small seven barrel brewery called Great Adirondack out of Lake Placid. I believe they're one of the most decorated breweries in New York State. They've won, I think, more GABF medals than anybody. They just signed with Union Beer. They're very who, small. Who is it again? Great Adirondack out of Lake Placid. And uh, they're real small. They've been around since 90, 97, I think. Wow. So. You know, you go into steakhouse, steak and seafood rush, but you go in and you see all the GABF medals, including they've won a bunch recently as well. So we have a, a small event with them. Uh, they've always self-distributed to us until now, until just now with Union. Um, those are the two events we're doing. We're doing some stuff with Six Point. Um, what, what are some of the good places to get, like, a New York-focused or New York City-focused uh, beers? If I was coming from out of town and I was coming to New yeah. York City for New York City Beer Week, I would probably seek out the sources themselves. I'd probably try to 
lineup and a, like a tasting or just go to Brooklyn Brewery or to go to Other Half or to try to find Barrier or just go to the source itself and just try to or, or hop on Metro North and go to Peekskill or go to Captain Lawrence and Elms, Elmsford and go right to the source and just sort of do my own sort of thing, you know, and avoid the crowds and sort of be on my own itinerary, you know. I mean, you know I too think much. He knows too much. <laughs> I mean, there you know, hundred hundred events. It's going to be hard to hard to pick them. Um, there'll be some some amazing events like beer beer dinners are going on. Are, are you doing anything else besides Brewer's Choice? Uh, yeah, I think we have something every night for those ten days. Like and, uh, different bars or um, restaurants. Yep, we're uh, we're doing. Uh, I've been sticking uh, kegs away for. Um, for a beer event at uh, Clinton Hall, so we're doing our first sort of tap takeover, which for us means um, I have ten kegs set aside for them. Um, that's on so Monday. ten minutes, about ten minutes of lunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get there early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ten sixels. Um, we've had our we've we've probably had our sixels last as long as two hours. So um, that's. That was a good. You have that's great a good stuff. Moment. And again, cheers to Transfer. Dave, I think you have a secret event that that I don't know if it's happening or not. You have something going on at Blind Tiger where there's Alpine and Green Flash. Yeah, that's the Sunday of New York City Beer Week, the first Sunday. And uh, Mike Hinckley, yeah, he, uh, you know, and I, I, we were talking about this before the show that he uh, bought Alpine or you know owns most of it or. And so he's bringing in uh, his beers as well as Alpine's beers, and and uh, I, you know, Alpine's one of my favorite breweries in California. Can't wait to try it um, from San Diego. So um, I'm hoping I get down Monday. I'm hoping there's a little bit left uh, to check it out because no, that, I, I, that's a, like a Sunday brunch, right? It's uh, that Sunday brunch. Yeah, so you can either tiger. go to Blind Tiger, or you can do both. Go to Blind Tiger and try Green Flash and Alpine, and then go over to Jimmy's Number Forty Three and have Cicerone versus Cicerone. Exactly, and, and I would do both. We're going to do a secret show that no one even knows about yet. Probably the Wednesday. The Wednesday at the Blind Tiger, February twenty fifth. We're going to go do a, a, a recording of a Beer Sessions Radio Show. First yeah. time at Blind Tiger. Which First is time at Blind fun. Tiger and with Chad Rich, yeah. of Prohibition Pig. So that's going to be a good one. We've yeah. been waiting to get him on the show. A long I know, time. dying to. Actually, he and I got to say this, and he's out in. Um, Salt Lake right now for a bachelor party with one of the founders of PayPal. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing called Tips for Jesus. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> Where they leave like $5,000 tips? Wow. Anonymously. Anonymously. Yeah. So it turns out, so one of the guys in this bachelor party is a founder of PayPal. And he does Tips for Jesus. So Chad has seen it twice. The first night it was a $4,000 tip. And the second night, it was a $5,000 tip. It just these non... They go to these places. He can't solicit it. No. I should solicit it. Come on. <laughs> and I'm just like... I love you, Jesus. Can you come to the Tiger? <laughs> when I'm working? Exactly. But did Jesus like beer or wine better? Well, he made wine, but, you know... What if, Andrew, sure I, would, both. I would feel like the brewers know the, the history, at least, of... Do you think that Jesus would have liked beer better or wine? I, I mean, wine is delicious, but... You know, when you want when you want to quench a thirst, you need you need beer. But the, you know, the Middle East, the Sumerians, they, they first brewed. So, I bet I bet they were making some kind of beer out of like old bread or something. Oh, right? they definitely had. Yeah, hopefully yeah. not too old. But yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the words bachelor party in Salt Lake City in the same sentence. Well, that's what I said when he, I was like, "What are you doing in Salt Lake City?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a friend from Louisiana." And, and then he's like, "It's it's going to be an incredible party." That's why, and apparently, it's been an incredible that's party. For Jesus, man, yeah. Remember, like, okay, I'm getting this is a fun day, and everybody's here. It's like last year in New York City, the, it was the fall of 2013, and it was like the crazy, everything was crazy. And Banksy came from London, and he was like putting up works of arts on building. And if you put put up your work of art, it was worth like five hundred thousand or a million dollars, you know. So uh, I don't know. Those are great days, and I I did follow that site every day for like a month. But uh, think about Beer Week, you know. What would you do? You, we really got to put together a calendar. I think next week on goodbeerseal.com, there's going to be a, a listing of, of the top uh, Beer Week events at, at some of the Good Beer Yeah, because, events. I mean, you need yeah. something to help you navigate. Yeah, you got to filter I it mean, out. So we're like trying to do crazy. that now, you know. But I, I like what you guys are doing. But that's that's awesome, man. Green Flash and Alpine. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about that. But cheers to you, Dave. You've really done a great job pioneering, you know, everybody. Where would you, where would you go in New York? You know, you, you come to New York and, and you know... Where, where, where should we go tonight? This must be a place that you've been thinking well, about going. Tonight, um, actually, Grimm is doing their new uh, double IPA, releasing it at the Tiger. 
So um, I was kind of hoping maybe you and I would go over there. Sounds like a good That's one. That's okay. Let's talk, talk about news. We got transmitter. I'll buy you one. Well, let's, I'll do that. <laughs> You're very generous to me. But, like, let's, you know, with Beer Week coming up, what is cool is that we can actually say, you know, even like, remember like six, seven years ago, we did an event and it was like the breweries of New York. It was like, it was Brooklyn, Kelso, and Six Point, and, you know, in Ch- Chelsea. And now it's like, we actually have cult breweries in here. I mean, there's the other half and transmitter and, and Grimm, and there's others. I don't want to not include everybody, but. Bridge and tunnel. You don't even like. You're not even sure who they are. That's why going back to talking about love Hill Farmstead and Alchemist, and I I, I love those guys. But I'll tell you what, we have our own cult breweries now in New York City. So I would say if I was coming, I was in New York City for beer week, which I will be. I would seek out. Think of the Good Brazil Bar as your favorite bar because they're going to have some secret beers you've never had. And also think of your the cult breweries that are that are New York City now. And I'll start, and you guys fill me in. This Bridge and Tunnel. And this is very bold of me to say this on there. Bridge and Tunnel, Grim, Transmitter, other half. That's four right there. And do uh, you want to add a few more? Because they're all good, but there's there, to me those are the four that, that are kind of culty right now. Partly because they're making you know limited amounts. Did you say Finback? Finback's great too. Yeah, that's five. And Barrier, you like Barrier? Yeah, I'm, I'm very barrier. partial to Barrier. Right? I love Barrier. Very there's a lot. There's single cuts making great beers. Single cuts single doing a great job. Better all the time. Yep. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's time. there's over there's over twenty. Whether well, they're either, they're production breweries or they're a, a licensed wholesale, you know, contract brewery. Right. There's over twenty breweries in New York City right now. So there's a lot to look forward to for Beer Week. Yeah, I, I just know? think yeah, I think it's like incredible how far we've come in such a short period of time. Very. Short. And when I come down here, like I don't want Vermont beers. I want <laughs> New York City beers, and then maybe New York State. But, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm looking for. Right. Well, Anthony, thanks from Transmitter. Thanks for going head-to-head with Hill and Farmstead. I think you took them down, man. No. oh It's like no. New York City oh. beat no. Vermont. No. All right. No. Hopefully Sean's not going to email Sean us is, or call uh, us. Or... No. Sean's making some stellar beers. <laughs> Still. Those you guys are. rocked it out. All right. And uh, thanks for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. We've got some great things for, for New York City Beer Week coming up. Check out Brewer's Choice on February 24th in Brooklyn. Thanks to our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors who helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks to Dave, Dan, and Anthony for joining me here. And I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy, and to our engineer, Jack Inslee. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Woo! All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.